Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 12th. It's seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Here we go. We must start the show with this. Kevin, I need you to pay close attention. We have a new bumper for the show. Here we've got John Fetterman saying something kind of coherent as he sits on the set of a late night talk show, which is completely woke. He says something that is ironic, but also 100% true. Here we go. You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes you literally just can't believe, like, you know, these people are making the decisions that are, you know, determining the, the government here. It's, it's, it's actually scary. There you go. Truth. 100% facts. John Fetterman, that, that, being being sensible. That must be artificial intelligence. No, that was totally a doctored piece of footage. No, he's that's sitting, real. That is one hundred percent real. That came out last night. I, I had completely had the template finished, and then that came out, and I thought, oh no, we have to start the show with this guy. So on one hand, we have to give him credit because he formed a sentence, right? And it made sense, mm-hmm. and he's one hundred percent correct, right? But does he realize that when the audience is laughing, they're laughing at him? Are they, though? Is that audience actually laughing at him? The people that go to the late night? What do you think the political leanings are of the people who go to the late night talk show recordings? Yeah, well, obviously they're agreeing with the host or they wouldn't be there, right? Have you ever been? You strike me as the sort of person who would have at one point gone and been on a a, a late night talk show audience. Have you ever been to what it would have been? Not to like date you or give your age, but Letterman or Leno or Carson or uh, Dick Cavett or who? uh, Dick Cavett's mother's brothers. Whatever those shows were back in the 60s. Have you no, ever been to one of those shows? No, I haven't. No. <laughs> Kev, you're a world traveler. You ever been to one of these uh, late night talk shows? I, I never went, but I always wanted to. Yeah, I guarantee 90%. Mm-hmm. Uh, 90% left. Uh, who's going to tell him, though? I mean, there's, <laughs> no so, there's so much irony in there. Kevin, I almost, can we hear it again? <laughs> Just because it is so perfect, and I can hear it in uh, Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like sometimes, sometimes you literally just can't believe. Like you know, these people are making the decisions that are you know determining the the government here. It's 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 actually scary. He says we're not sending our best and brightest. In his mind, what is the best? I mean, what is the bar? The is, expectation at this point is he trolling? 
is he doing this because he knows I can say whatever I want mm-hmm. and no one will call me out on it? Yeah, nobody expects me to make a complete sentence to begin with, so I'll just say this. At least he's got a sense of humor. Self-awareness is the first step to self-improvement. It is 10 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey. Oh, oh Hammer just sent us a text. He said, I've been to a Letterman show. It's kind of a ball state thing to do. This was in the mid-90s before he was kind of a lunatic. Okay. Yeah, I think Letterman would have been cool to go to. Well, Years ago, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm saying the uh, in his prime, mm-hmm. right? Stupid pet tricks, Dave Letterman, sure, sure. But I'm saying now, yeah. Pose obviously, Letterman went far left, and then you've got these people now who are just totally political yeah, animals. Jimmy Kimmel and like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I would not go to those shows. Can you imagine what an insufferable experience that must be? Yeah, to go have to hang out with Jimmy Kimmel or or uh, with Fallon or who are the other underachievers? No, I don't. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I, I Jimmy Kimmel trolled me once. What? Yeah, he he grabbed a clip of me and put it on his show. No way. Oh yeah. What were you doing? Was it was this? I haven't g- shown you that before. Was this Guess What's in My Pants? <laughs> no. Did you play Guess What's in My Pants no, on the Man Show? No. I'm gonna have to have a talk with him. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know. It was talk like a pirate day or oh, something. Oh yeah. And he grabbed a clip you of did me that? and he put me in a montage with Why a bunch of other that? people. Why would you do that? Well, you know, it's just something that happened one time. Hard to believe things didn't work out better for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get to some real news coming up. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu says Israel has formed a unity government. And we're also going to hear from your president as he makes remarks on uh, U.S.'s support of Israel. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 16 minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Israeli prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, and the former defense minister and Israeli opposition politician, Benny Gantz, they have formed an emergency unity government as they address the ongoing conflict with Hamas. And this, uh, according to several reports, the prime minister's wife objected to this idea. He went ahead and did it anyway. And this unity government is only going to exist until the end of the war in Gaza. Yeah, so there was a, man, I can't remember who it was, but somebody had a real, I'm sure multiple places now have done this, but a real uh, detailed play-by-play of how this all came together. And um, the Netanyahu's party and then the, uh, the opposition party obviously have strong, strong disagreements, but really an amazing show of unity. They agreed to come together. The, it took several days, which people were critical of, but they were trying to put up parameters because, again, these people simply don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And once this thing is over, whatever it is, they're going to go back to fighting with each other. But it really is amazing. They got this together. And while not all factions of the Israeli government, Israel's government is not like ours and since there are multiple parties that make up their government and have seats in in their in their government and so not all the uh, opposition parties one side I think was mad that there was not a strong enough response there was one side that was mad that this response was not was too strong so I mean there's all sorts of people but the two major players in this mm-hmm. are indeed working together in order to to show a, a unity solidarity and, yeah, right when they inevitably uh 
plow through uh, Hamas and, and, and Palestine. I think the fact that they're joining together, it really underscores how big the crisis is in Israel and how everybody there feels about it. Netanyahu is speaking again, and he says that, you know, he's talking about this formed unity government. He also mentioned that he has spoken with Joe Biden four times, and here he is. This is through a translator. The unity among our nation in times of sorrow, it breaks beyond our boundaries and it reaches the whole world. We saw it yesterday in the important and moving speech of President Biden. I spoke with him today for the fourth time, for the fourth time since this war broke out. We have unprecedented international support for Israel, and this is a critical component for this ongoing battle. Battle and warfare. Aircrafts are on their way here, and a lot of ammunition is coming to Israel and will be arriving at Israel. And it's important. We are fighting in full force in all theaters. Now we are on the offensive. Every Hamas operative will die. Hamas is ISIS. We will crush them and get rid of them, just as the world crushed and got rid of ISIS. I think it's interesting that he mentions in that speech that he talked to Biden four times. Yeah. And talking about how there's ammunition on the way. Speaking of Biden, mm-hmm. uh, he actually had uh, another quasi-coherent press conference the other day. Uh, there was some Biden-esque moments, but for the most part, I thought... Uh, he got through most of it again by Biden standards. Mm-hmm. He didn't get the country wrong. He was able to uh, get Netanyahu's name right. I mean, there really weren't any moments where you were like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, he just he just said Afghanistan instead of Israel. Or what? With mm-hmm. Biden, the bar is you so never low. Know. Exactly, the bar is so low that the past couple of days he has formed coherent sentences. It's like with Fetterman in that first clip. Yeah, of what, course, what he said was stupid, but he said it in a complete sentence. And you were surprised, which which goes back to what we said at the very beginning of the show. What are the best and brightest? What is the expectation? Where's the bar? But here is Joe Biden, and he's giving his remarks on U.S. support of Israel. I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. I never thought I'd ever, anyway, I, uh, but there are countries in the region that are trying to be of some help, including Arab nations trying to be of some help. So, uh, anyway. Look, like I said, Casey, the bar is low. The anyways are, of course, ridiculous. And he sounds like he's a thousand years old. But by Biden's standards, he got everyone's name right. And he didn't compare it to himself when he lost his almost lost his Corvette in a Mm -hmm. kitchen fire. And he's actually addressing the issue. So by his standards, the very low that are set forth, he worked his way through this. Now, the question to him remains. When you handed all of those billions of dollars of weapons over to the Taliban in Afghanistan two years ago, what what did you think they were going to be used for? What did you think was going to happen with that? You thought they were going to be what, like starting fundraisers for the Salvation Army or, (laughs) you know, opening soup kitchens? Like what what did you think? What did you think was going to be done 
with that stuff when you agreed to give Iran six billion dollars and the Ayatollah of rock and roll over there comes out and says yeah it doesn't matter what you say it's going to be used for we're going to use it for whatever we want what did you think was going to happen he he wasn't thinking and that's the problem he mentioned that uh, many Arab countries were working together but here he is confirming that we are sending fighter jets to the area says that he'd love to tell you how we're going to bring Americans home but he can't do that for their safety. Need more fighter jets there in that region, and made it clear, made it clear to the Iranians: be careful. We want to make it real clear. We're working on every aspect of the hostage crisis in Israel, including deploying experts to advise and assist with recovery efforts. Now the press is going to shout to me, and many of you are that, you know, what are you doing to bring these, get these folks home? If I told you, I wouldn't be able to get them home. Folks, there's a lot we're doing, a lot we're doing. I have not given up hope of bringing these folks home. Okay, so two things. Number one, if you had, given what happened in Afghanistan, et cetera, if you had a loved one who was, you believed, a victim, a hostage victim of Hamas, would you have any faith Joe Biden is going to take care of that for you? Well, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to have hope, right? You'd have to hold on well, to how, that. How, how could you have any hope? Given what, look, we're real here, Casey, and this is kind of a dark conversation to have, but that's what we do here. The reality is this is the situation on the ground. If you had a loved one taken hostage mm-hmm. by Hamas, given Joe Biden's track record, is there anything that you would be going, wow, I'm so glad yeah. Joe Biden is at the switch here? No, no, absolutely not. Now, the second part of this is, if you're Hamas and you hear that, and again, we said by Biden standards, everyone's name was right, and he didn't compare it to a small kitchen fire in his home that was a success. But, I mean, he sounds old. He sounds tired. Mm-hmm. He sounds, you know, it's it's he sounds like Joe Biden. If you're Hamas, are you looking at that going, oh, man, I'm so afraid. I'm nervous about oh, what he's going to do. Yikes. Well, I understand how he's saying he can't tell everybody his plan. You're not going to show your hand because he knows that they're listening to him. But he says it to the media like he needs to convince them. Like, man, if I if I I can't tell you, man, I want to tell you, man, but I can't tell you because then it wouldn't work, man. Because mm-hmm. then the secret's out. Uh, like it's uh, why you don't need to say that. You just say, look, you know, we are we have a plan of attack. We are prepared to execute that plan of attack when the time is right. We will absolutely get these hostages back, and we will plow down anything in our path in mm-hmm. order to make that happen. Period. End of story. He begs for media acceptance during these press conferences. I can't tell you, man, because if I told you, man, then we wouldn't be able to get him back, man. What did you hear about how the uh, Republican down in Florida, Corey Mills, rescued 32 Americans? Oh, wow. And he flew to Israel on an overnight flight to rescue people. And he just took it upon himself to go do that. He's an Iraq veteran and he chartered a flight over there and he he went and got some people. Now, let's be clear. He did that with the resources he has as a United States congressman. Mm -hmm. Correct. Like he wasn't doing this of his own. So we, the taxpayers, did help participate in that in that action right i mean this is not john rambo here you know like lifting a helicopter and flying it in to get these people out so yes while it's nice he did that 
the full weight and force of a United States congressman having the backing of military apparatus, et cetera, was at his disposal. Okay, let's talk about what's going on here in Indianapolis today. You had posted something on your Twitter account last night. Eric Holcomb said rioters were promoting a noble cause cause back in 2020. What's he going to say about the day of resistance during this uh, rally that's happening on the circle tonight? Uh, yes. So there is a big little shindig going on this afternoon on Monument Circle. I'm sure Hammer and Nigel will have the full play-by-play for everyone. And uh, a bunch of people who apparently think Hamas is a great thing and beheading of innocent little babies is the way to go. They're going to have themselves a rally here on Monument Circle. And so my question, Casey, is when the uh, Good Time Fun Gang during the Summer of Love uh, ransacked downtown and painted horrific things on the Soldiers and Sailors Monument, looted and rioted and burned, and in some cases people even died, Holcomb came out the next day and said they were protesting for a noble cause. Mm-hmm. So if that's noble, what is Holcomb going to say about uh, about the upstanding citizens that are going to be here uh, cheerleading the beheading of innocent little little babies there in Israel? So Jefferson Shreve says he's calling on Mayor Hogsett to join in solidarity, public condemning the pro-Hamas rally. And uh, Joe Hogsett, nothing from him. Are you shocked? No. <laughs> Do you think he'll be anywhere to be found? No, well, he's rarely somewhere to be found unless it's a photo op or, or, you know, for a ribbon cutting somewhere. This is what we talked about the other day, Casey, which is people like Biden and Hogsett and the rest of these Democrats are really in a bind here because the the, the people you're going to see on Monument Circle today are the base of the Democrat Party. It's going to be BLM people. It's going to be these college uh, radical people. It's going to be squad supporter people. And that is the base of the Democrat Party. That is that is Joe Hogsett's base that will be out here on Monument Circle. Now he's in a real pinch because he can't publicly come out and go, yeah, I'm with you, brother. But the reality is those are the people he, Joe Hogsett is going to depend on to reelect him to be the mayor of Indianapolis. So he's not in any sort of forceful way, to Jefferson Shreve's credit, he certainly did come out and condemn these people. Yeah, Jefferson Shreve said, as mayor, I would do everything in my power to stop a group with this vile outlook from assembling on property dedicated to Americans who have died for our country. I call on Hoosiers not to attend this rally celebrating brutality. Uh, but again, I want to know what Holcomb has to say because when the people uh, destroyed downtown, he came out the next day and called those people supporting a noble cause. So if that's a noble cause, because people died, Mm -hmm. businesses were looted, rioted, ransacked. No, I don't think any babies got beheaded in the the, uh, riots of 2020. But if that's a noble cause, what does Governor Holcomb think about the people at the uh, Day of Resistance rally? And why is it different than what happened in 2020? I'm going to guess, Casey, if I were to ask him that, he'd tell me that would not serve Hoosiers well to give me that answer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Steve Calise, 
Scalise of Louisiana uh, defeated Jim Jordan for the Republican nomination to be speaker and also replaced Kevin McCarthy, although they voted and uh, they didn't come to an agreement on that. He still does not have the votes to be elected speaker of the House. Let's point out they voted in private. Right. They go behind closed doors. They don't want anybody to see what's going on. So they go behind closed doors. And then you're led to believe. Right. Because I don't think it's officially. Has it been officially publicly released? I mean, that the, the, they don't do the totals. It's not. Now he's got to go out and get the votes publicly. So it's like they go behind closed doors. They do these actions. Mm-hmm. And then. Well, no vote today on the speaker. Yeah. So. So we're going to try again. So isn't it interesting that Republican voters overwhelmingly wanted Jim Jordan? So what do the Republican Party do? Yeah, they go behind closed doors and they nominate Steve Scalise. Well, and Steve, and while Steve Scalise may be a fine person, you know, he was certainly obviously, he would be the first, I saw this yesterday, I thought this was perfect, he would be the first Speaker of the House ever to be recovered, to ever recover from being shot by a Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah. I mean, he was famously shot by a lunatic in a in a, a Congress softball game, yeah. or baseball game, or whatever it was, and, and lived, and now he has a fairly serious form of blood cancer, I believe mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say any person who was chosen by Kevin McCarthy Incorporated to be in leadership, which Steve Scalise was, should probably be a giant red flag. Okay, and we're going to get to this it's because here's the thing that I don't understand. Uh, Matt Gates has come out and he said that Matt Gates, the guy who spearheaded the uh, you know getting Kevin McCarthy out of there, he's come out and he's fully supporting. Steve Scalise. Well, but may, maybe they, so maybe, it, maybe they, maybe you know, they look, made a deal behind closed doors we don't know about. Well, and this is the point. And so let's play this out across the board. So let's bring it local. This is why people listen and why people love us, Casey. Let's let's uh, let's bring this back locally on how just two-faced and disingenuous these rules are in government. So you, we mentioned here, the Congress, the Republicans go behind closed doors. There's more than a majority, you know, and they make their choice and they do this debating and fighting. In the state of Indiana, Republicans at the state house do this all the time where the super majorities in the house or Senate will go behind closed doors. They'll have what they call their caucus Mm -hmm. and they'll make all their choices and all the actual fighting and fun and frivolity takes place behind closed doors. If In the state of Indiana, you are a municipal lawmaker. By that, I mean you're a town or city council member or a county commissioner, and you have five people on your board or seven people. If three of you, in the case of there's five, were to be in a room together and discuss town or city business or county business, you have committed an open door law violation, and you could get in very serious trouble. So they at the state house or they in the Congress can go behind closed doors and do whatever they want because they write the rules for themselves and you don't get to see it. But if you do it Mm -hmm. down the food chain because they write the laws, you could get in very serious trouble. How about that for some transparency? Well, it's not very transparent at all. And the thing is, even Kevin McCarthy said that he wanted them to go behind closed doors and figure this out. He didn't want it on C-SPAN because he didn't like how it looked. He didn't like how it looked, Rob, that the American people can see how it's done. No, because they don't want people to see... The 15 votes happening. Yeah, they don't want people to see the deal cutting. They The last time, I mean... 
Think about the headache it is, and we all know, we've been told by multiple people how angry Jimbo is that we come on here all the time and talk about how uh, Jim Banks voted 15 times for Kevin McCarthy because Jim wants the infallible, I'm a conservative, I'm rock solid, you can count on me, I'm a fighter, blah, blah, blah. Well, pretty much every day we come on the show and remind people he voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times Mm -hmm. because they had to do it out in public because they want to walk out this time with an agreement Mm -hmm. and say, here's the deal. And then that way people can't be held to account. They don't have to go on radio shows like Jimbo did and tell everybody what a great guy Kevin McCarthy is because that audio and those votes live forever. And they don't want to do that. So they are trying to secure this behind closed doors so that everybody walks out in some form of unison. Right. And they don't get held to account. So this is all branding. They want to have a unified look for everybody. The party's united when it's not because he didn't get the votes. Yeah. And I can tell you there's no way I would be voting for someone who Kevin McCarthy tapped for a leadership position who Kevin McCarthy supported for a leadership position. There's a reason Kevin McCarthy supported this person for leadership. And that reason to me starts with this person is not going to be on the side of you mm-hmm. when, when, you know, the backs are up against a wall and you got to pick a team. So here's the thing. It, none of this matters anyway. Is Steve Scalise willing to shut the federal government down, shut the federal government down in air quotes because they don't actually shut the government down. But is Steve Scalise willing to shut the federal government down to solve the spending issue in this country? If the answer is yes, okay, I'm interested. If the answer is no, then it doesn't matter because you're never going to solve the issue. Okay, well, after securing the nomination, he said his first order of business, no, not to get spending under control, Rob Kendall. Of course not. It's to make clear that we stand with Israel. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, Not just in the house for the people of this country, but we see how dangerous of a world it is and how things can change so quickly. Uh, We need to make sure we're sending a message to people all throughout the world that the House is open and doing the people's business, uh, making sure that we're unequivocally standing uh, in our first resolution uh, that uh, we pass under Speaker Steve Scalise will be to make it clear that we stand with Israel. The McCall-Meeks resolution will be our first order of business. But obviously there's a lot more work to do. Oh, we have a new Ukraine, Casey, and its name is Israel. Now, another country is more important than you. Do you remember that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indy is trying to grab the uh, the gold yeah. head uh-huh. on that statue? Mm-hmm. It's like he's trying to get it on there before everything yeah. goes off. That, that's what we're doing yeah. here. We, we've got Ukraine and now the Israel flag. There's a new cause du jour. Man, mm-hmm. if you're uh, Zelensky, you're mm-hmm. probably pretty upset right now because you're, you're no longer the... Uh, the favorite son, right? The, the cause du jour. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so Jim Jordan, let's get to him. He's actually supporting Steve Scalise, and he said that he's encouraging his colleagues to do the same. Floor. It's, it's a critical time for the House of Representatives to get back in session, to have a Speaker of the House. Um, you know what's happening with Hezbollah in the north of our dear friend and close ally Israel and what's happened, what's been happening from the south with, with Hamas. So it's important we're back functioning as a House of Representatives. We need a speaker, and Steve is the guy for that. What a, I will continue to ask this question. What if there just was no House of Representatives for, say, five months? <laughs> like, what? what's the worst that would happen? Right. Like, what if they just didn't? What, why don't we try it? Why don't we say we're going to go one month without a House of Representatives doing anything and just see where we're at? But how about Jim Jordan? He was saying, hey, I'm the guy for the job. Nominate me. I can do it. 
Oh, no, that's not how it works, Casey. They go behind no, closed no, no, no. doors, and now he's coming out oh, no. saying, nope, he's the guy for the job. Oh, no, Vote Casey. for him. Casey, no, 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 that's not how it works. You you are told what you're going to do. And I think of the fact that Jim Jordan is so easily folded probably tells you what sort of fighter he would or would not be. These people want power. Even whoever your favorite politician is, I can assure you, they want power. There may be some that are better than others, but I will, I'll name my own favorite politicians. Rand Paul mm-hmm. likes power. Mm-hmm. I'm not, so we're all in the same little stew here and power and influence are derived from playing the game, right? Very few people die on hills. Matt Gates died on a hill. That was super interesting. He don't care. Mm-hmm. Most people do care and they want to be liked and they want to move up the ladder and they want to be more influential or maintain whatever they have. When did Nancy Mace become such a Billy badass? She's walking around with that A on her shirt. <laughs> you know, she said it was her scarlet letter. So she's a South Carolina representative. Mm-hmm. And I always thought she was kind of establishment-y, but she's she's become pretty tough. She's She, of course, voted to get rid of McCarthy. And now she's come out and said she's not voting for Steve, for, uh, Steve Scalise. Um, you endorsed uh, Jim Jordan, so I'm assuming you voted for Jim Jordan today. If the vote for speaker were today, would you vote for Steve Scalise? I would not. I plan on voting for Jim Jordan on the floor. Um, I've been very vocal about this over the last couple of days. I personally cannot, in good conscience, vote for someone who attended a white supremacist conference and compared himself to David Duke. I would be doing an enormous disservice to the voters that I represent in South Carolina if I were to do that. So she's being a disruptor. Yeah. Uh, a good. We need more of them. If we can just keep having enough disruptors. I mean, they only need, what, seven or eight disruptors and with I'm the a- Democrats. And then we just don't have a House of Representatives, which would be the best thing for all of us. Because if there's no House of Representatives, they can't keep spending the money, Casey. Well, there's, uh, I believe, about a dozen people who say they won't vote for Scalise. Uh, Thomas Massey, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Chip Roy. Good. They're all. They're all. Just so it's, keep it, it shut down. It's it's gonna be a fight. It is nine forty six with Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at kisqali dot com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. minutes in front of 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about this new poll. This is an Emerson College poll. And in it, it says that Trump is leading Biden 45% to 36%. And this is among Pennsylvania voters. Okay, so interesting. But what it doesn't account for is how do you offset the mass mail-in unaccountable voting that now is essentially the law of the land in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. where everybody just can be mailed a ballot and you have no idea who gets the ballot. You have no idea who fills out the ballot. You have no idea how the ballot gets returned. As long as that exists, Casey, the polls in individual states are almost irrelevant because you can come up with whatever number you need to come up with. Yeah. Uh, You ask often, if you're a Trump supporter, there's nothing that he could do that would change your mind at this point. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. If you are a a hard Trump voter, there's nothing, no. And they asked that question in this poll. And and the answer was? The answer was that over half said, no, there's nothing he can do. We're not going to change our mind. 
doesn't matter what he does, what he doesn't do. We're on board. This And we have had this conversation many, many times about DeSantis, where people go, oh, my gosh, DeSantis, what a terribly disappointing candidate. I don't think under normal circumstances you would say Ron DeSantis is a disappointing candidate. He's a traditional, successful governor running for president of the United States. But when you're running against a guy mm-hmm. who the people are telling you, and this poll is telling you, the majority of people are saying it doesn't matter what he does. I'm still voting for him. Well, are you a disappointment? I mean, if you simply, like, if you're trying to win some girl and she just says no matter what, you know, Larry does, I'm not leaving him. Yeah, but Larry's been to prison several times. And, you know, Larry's Larry's got a shady work history. And Larry might have committed several felonies over his, you know, years. And Larry doesn't have stable income. Yeah, but Larry has a nice head of hair and looks good on his motorcycle. <laughs> what I mean, what are you what are you gonna do? It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter, you know, it just simply it just doesn't matter. There's nothing you're going to say, no matter mm-hmm. how flawed the thinking process might be. Yeah, and that's exactly what this poll says. It also says that that Biden leads Trump 44 to 39 among voters who are younger than 40, unless you're younger than 30. And then it flips. So there's this 10 year age range, which I thought was interesting because Trump is leading Biden 45 to 39 among voters who are younger than 30. So if you're younger than 30, you like Trump. But if you're between 30 and 40, you like Biden. Um, I don't know what you make of that, but... Look, okay, so this is fun for us and it's entertaining for us to talk about. These polls will start mattering like June of next year. I mean, right now it's just fun for us to talk about because who knows if... I think it's just sort of something just totally unpredictable. Trump is going to definitely be the Republican nominee. Biden... Who knows? If he'll be the nominee. And I I think, and maybe these polls will start to bear out, that they're going to realize, because I've maintained the first party to dump one of these two is going to win. Whoever, if the Democrats say we're done with Biden or the Republicans say we're done with Trump, people are telling you in a lot of these polling Mm -hmm. results, we're looking for That they're still open for somebody else. Right. But not if you force us to make a choice between these two, we don't want to. Whoever gives us the first option to not have to pick one of these two wins, I just... I just think the mass mail and unaccountable voting is mm-hmm. just so hard to overcome, Casey. Well, 11% of people in this poll did say that they plan to vote for someone besides the two front runners. Do you believe that? You be- So you believe like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. could get 10% in Pennsylvania? Do you believe that? Uh, according to this poll. You think when the rubber meets the road and it's time to get in the ballot box mm-hmm. and you know, everybody's gonna... a Billy badass Johnny tough guy until it comes time to press the lever. You know a bunch of those people are going to get on bended knee to one of these two tired old parties because they're so afraid of the other guy being in there. Well, I don't believe that for a second. I think that they might think that if they voted for RFK that that would just be a wasted vote. Well, and they might as well go with one who potentially could win. And that's what RFK Jr. is going to have to overcome is – Everybody can say whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it here in, in 2020 where Rainwater ends up with, you know, 11.5%. Well, going into Election Day, yeah, screw Holcomb. Mm-hmm. You guys got to go. Oh, man, the Democrats are really bad. We can't have that. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning.